Southside, Southside, What up, y'all? Said love. It's time for another episode of Come On, Son, the podcast brought to you locally by Nissan South Morrow, sixty-eight eighty-nine Jonesboro. Man, um, y'all got to go to Nissan South Morrow because they really took care of me. I really had some crazy problems last week. Uh, with Nissan, and Nissan took care of me. The freaking, for some odd reason, uh, the car got impounded by Atlanta Police Department and because they said the car didn't have insurance, which was under their fleet insurance, and I had to go through a whole lot of stuff to get the car back, but Nissan stood by me 110%. And then the uh, new guy over at Nissan made a mistake. It was just a, a, a bunch of mess, man. It was, just, But through all of that, Chris White, who is the manager of Nissan South Morrow, 6889 Jonesboro Road in uh, Morrow, was the one that I was able to get on the phone. It was no problem getting Dwayne Nails on the phone. It was no problem getting Leo Spann on the phone. And they actually took absolutely great care of everything, of all my needs. I needed papers faxed over. They took care of that. They did everything. So big shout out to Nissan South Morrow, who, who's um, my local sponsor here. And also, you know, internationally is CigarsInternational.com. You know, when you check out, go in and put in your code ED10OFF. That's E-D-1-0-O-F-F for 10% off all your, purpose, all your purchases. All right. So make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com. They just sent me another box. Of Monty's by Monte Cristo by AJ Fernandez. So you know if you're a cigar person like I am, you already know what it is. When anything that AJ Fernandez puts his hands on is always going to be absolutely fantastic. And I believe this is an all Nicaraguan blend too. A Monte Cristo at that. So make sure that you uh go to cigarsinternational.com and check that out. I believe it's like a six it's like damn near ten rating on that cigar. So Make sure that you go to cigarsinternational.com. They always look out for me. Big shout out to my man Wes and big shout out to everybody at cigarsinternational.com. Now, today, I have an author here with me and a foundation founder of a Helping Hand Youth and Adult Services, Ms. Tony D. Rivera. And we are going to talk about something that's been going on in our country but in the state of Georgia, I found out the state of Georgia really has a human trafficking problem. And Tony's here today with me to talk about it. Good morning, Tony. How are you? All right. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. Let's 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 talk about this entire sex trafficking thing. First of all, how did how did you get started and how did you come about with your foundation and everything? Um, well, I have two foundations. Okay. Hands Youth and Adult Services was my first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second one is Saving Our Sisters Youth and Adult Services. Okay. Um, I got into sex trafficking at the Freak Meet. Really? 1996. How so? Um, I came down with some friends, group of friends, teenagers. and um, How old were you at the time? 16 going on 17. Okay. You had no business down here at Freak Meet. At all. Supposed to have been at home sleepover. We wow. lied to each other's mom uh-huh. to go and just hang out. And my friend was just like, let's go to the freak meet. And I was like, what the hell is that? Are you coming from where? South Carolina. Okay. 2,000 people in my little town. Wow. <laughs> One red light, probably 20 stop signs. Wow. So Atlanta was like New York to us. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta's huge to y'all. Yeah. 
So we get down here and um, we came with no money, no nothing. Didn't know how we was going to get back home or anything. So I started. How did you get here? Um, My friend had a car. You know, she was the one that always had the car. Okay. Mom gave her a little bit more open Mm -hmm. to go open season to do whatever. So we came down here and um, we always like, how the hell are we getting back home? So I get on top of the car. No gas money? No gas money, no food, no money to eat, no hotel. No hotel, nothing. <laughs> no. Y'all just going to Freaknik. Going to Freaknik. How I'm... long was the plan to stay at Freaknik? Um, the day and go back that yeah, night? Okay. Yeah, because we never, we we always heard of it from the big kids. Right. The older kids, you know, came mm-hmm. down. Um, so we said, let's just go. Okay. So we followed. How long is that there. drive from your town of South Carolina to? Two hours. To Atlanta, two hours. Okay, that's not bad. Two hours. Okay. So I get on top of the car and start dancing. You know, I, I've always been a dancer and a singer. Mm-hmm. Wanted to be an actress, whatever. And um, guy came up to me, and he followed me around at Freaknik. And, you know, I thought it was just by coincidence. We kept meeting or whatever. And he paid me. So, you know, with me coming from a little small town, we don't, we didn't, they didn't teach me stranger danger. Okay. So it was like anybody that gave me that good word, I'm going. Right. Um, Come from a single parent home and molested as a kid. So hearing him give me and tell me everything I needed to hear and wanted to hear, Mm -hmm. I just went off. I just went along with it. You went with you went with him. Yeah, went where along with him. Where was his friends? I mean, where were your friends? Excuse me. Um, cheering me on. Really? With that money? Yeah. I mean, like I said, we came with nothing, and we got a room that night. We had uh-huh. a Waffle House. We left Atlanta with eight hundred dollars in our pocket. Oh wow! Just by me standing on the car dancing, stripping. Didn't okay. know at the time. Just thinking I'm being this little promiscuous girl, taking my clothes off. Right. Getting money, but didn't know what it was going to lead up to. Okay, and what did it lead up to? Um, with this with this gentleman, I thought he was my boyfriend, so I took him home to meet my family. You know, as I got a little older, a little more mature, mm-hmm. he kept in touch. I finished school. Um, I would go off with him on the weekends. Tell my mom I'm going to a friend's house, but I would wind up with him mm-hmm. in other states. He would send me a Greyhound bus ticket or Amtrak, mm-hmm. and um. It just so happened that one time he wouldn't let me come back home. Oh wow! He wouldn't let me come back home. How how was it a mind thing that to keep you from going home, or was it a physical physical violence thing? Both. Really. Both. Wow. So he already had you thinking that he loved you and cared yeah. about you, and yeah. he's going to make life better for you mm-hmm. um, than it was in South Carolina. I'm yes. showing you all of this stuff, and and I'm doing all of this stuff, and you said I'm I'm ready to go home. Um, not so much. The last straw was um, he brought me back here to Atlanta because uh-huh. he had me in North Carolina, Charlotte. Okay. Um, that's where he housed me. Brought me back here to Atlanta. I met like a couple rappers, celebrity producers, whatever, because mm-hmm. I could sing. Took me in the studio. And I'm thinking, okay, he's gonna give me my big break because that's what he led me to believe. Right. Like I know all that was these the people. bait to that keep was the you bait. there. Yeah. Um, I know all these people. I can get you this. I can get you that. And got me nothing. Now during this whole time that he has you going on a Greyhound or a bus ticket from here to here to here to different cities, are you dancing every time you get to those cities? <clears throat> um, I didn't start dancing until 
probably like 98. Okay. Um, And this was the first time he like really took me into a strip club. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheetahs. Okay. Down here in Atlanta. Right. So you know how long ago that's been. Right. Um, I went in and I'm thinking he just let him allow me to dance. Right. Because I love to dance. Uh-huh. And then people started throwing money at me. So I'm picking up the money as I'm getting off the stage, and he gripped me up by my neck and was like, get back up there. So right then and there, I was like, I want to go home. Okay. And that's that was like the straw of me trying to break free to go home because I had said it numerous times. Right. But that one time was he took me to Pittsburgh after that. And when we got to Pittsburgh, I was made to – Go on co- on college campuses, and act like I was enrolled in to mm-hmm. recruit girls and bring them along. Now, were you the only girl at the time that he had, or did you? No. Did you meet other girls? I met you, other girls once you started hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. Once you started doing other things, mm-hmm. and where the pretty much everybody was sold a different dream. Your dream was, I want to be a singer. Okay, I got that. Don't worry about it. We just need to make a little more money yeah. to do this and to do that. Basically, right. Basically. But we um. It's something in the in, in sex trafficking. It's called a wolf. Okay. Every gorilla pimp have their wolf. They have a wolf. They have a sneaker pimp, and it's the gorilla pimp. Okay. Please um, explain these things. Um, the gorilla pimp is like the head hunter, the head of the cartel. The sneaker pimp is the little corner boy. The wolf, it could be a man or a woman, where he or she goes out and it's called shopping, go out to malls. Um, schools, bus stations, wherever have you, and just basically recruit what is called shopping and sex trafficking. Mm. Um, the wolf usually have like a, nowadays it's called trap, the trap house. Mm-hmm. Back then it was called a stable. Okay. Where they would house us at. Right. Um, and the wolf would just go out, shop, do whatever, and bring these girls in. And once I got out of being trafficked, being the victim, right? I switched over to being the trafficker. Really? Yeah. And how long did you do that? Um, I say like four or five years. What was it about after you became the vic? After you got released from being the victim, what was it about that lifestyle that made you decide to say, "Well, I'm going to do this to somebody else"? Um, it wasn't to say I would do it to somebody else because. You know, I had my house in Philly. I stayed in Philly. Mm-hmm. And what I would do... So you never came back to South Carolina? No. Okay. Besides, you know, in and out. But mom didn't know I was there because I would just drop money in the drop box. Okay. And be gone. Okay. But she always knew it was uh-huh. me that was giving the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't take anyone against their will. Mm-hmm. I always sold them the dream that I was sold. And, you know... They came willingly. Um, they stayed with me. Mm-hmm. I gave them food. I gave them shelter. You give so, them things that are that are missing. Yeah, it's the pimp game. That's it. It's absolutely the pimp game. That's it. I remember having an argument with my wife one time. Matter of fact, I'll take it back before that. Um, the night that Tupac got killed in Vegas. When they finished the stomping out the kid, Orlando Anderson, they finished stomping him out. They came through the casino. And you can see it on videotape of them coming, walking through the casino. And I'm at the casino bar with this young lady. And 
about five pimps, Bishop Don Magic Wand, Pretty Tony, Pretty Dre, um, Good Game, all of them. And they all talking to me and they all like, Ed, you got it. You got the gift for gab, man. That's you right there. I was like, yeah, but she's not in the game like that. They like, you got it, man. You got, you know what, dude, we give you, we'll give you, man. I'm going to give you two women. We're going to gift you two because you got it. You know how to do it. You got, you yeah. can talk. You talk yeah, real good. The gift of gab. Yeah, it's the gift of gab. And, and you know, me being who I am as a man and having, at that time, two daughters, I was like, I can't. That's not my style. I, it's, I don't have enough time in my day to keep up with where a woman is every waking minute of her life, what she's doing, what she's wearing, what she's eating. I don't have that kind of time in my profession to do that. And uh, fast forward, I remember one time I was I was out having a disagreement with my wife when we was living in a six bedroom house in New Jersey. We weren't married yet, and I told her she got mad. She's like, "I'm leaving, I'm leaving." I was like, "If you walk out this door, I'll have five women living in here tomorrow. It's just that easy." Yeah. And everybody will be fine with it, and everybody will be good with it because you have to give them something Getting that's missing. missing. You got to figure out what's, what's missing. missing, and that's the reason why. A lot of these pimps out here hang around schools. Yep. They hang around the bus stations because they're catching the runaways coming off the bus. They're catching the ones that look like they don't know what they're doing. They're catching the ones that you can see it sometimes in yeah. a woman's eyes when she wants more. When she Th lost. Right, and she's lost. And they're preying on the fact. Yeah, that was me. My, my and You come from a small town. You were yearning to get out <laughs> yeah. of. Where you were, you were looking for some excitement. 2,000 yeah. people, that's everybody knowing everybody. Everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. It's, it's a limited amount of guys you can talk to. There's a limited amount of fun that you can yeah. have. You know, I have cousins that live in those small towns. Like, what do y'all do on a Saturday night? Well, we go up and hang out in the parking, parking lot, lot of a Walmart. I'm like, Giant. right. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's it? That's it. Wow. I, I can't even imagine. Being from New York City, I can't even imagine a life like that. You know, I used to go south every summer with my mom to see my grandfather. I used to be sitting down there like, once I got to a certain age, it was, my mother looked at me and said, you don't have to come anymore if you don't want to. Because she knew, I can't do this. This is crazy boring. Yeah. But, you know, that's for people like you that would come in, we would always call you guys city slickers. Yeah, city slickers. I remember that. And... When my family first met him, that's the first thing they said, oh, who is that old city slicker? Right. Silver tongue devil. Talk yeah, good. Yeah. But little did I know, he was just getting information, knowing how to how my family maneuver. And right. just basically keeping tabs on them so he could hold that over me. Right. Um, he knew I liked to go to church a lot. Mm -hmm. So that was, my, that was my stomping grounds, the colleges and the churches. That was my recruiting ground. When you're in a church, you you tend to get more girls to come with you. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, some people don't believe me, and I don't mean this. I'm just telling you, when, when I talk on, on this podcast, I'm talking from my life's experience. So I'm not generalizing. I'm telling you from my experience. From my experience, the nastiest girls I ever met were church girls. Every single time. The sexually nasty were church girls. I'm just saying, I'm not saying they all are, so don't write and be blasting and all that. Oh, I don't know what you talk about. But I'm telling you from my personal experience. Was it easier to recruit in church? Why? 
Um, because you find that one, like you said, he's looking for that one that's missing something. That's mm-hmm. one that's lost. You see this girl going to the altar every Sunday. You see her crying out in church every Sunday. It's something she wants. It's something she lacking. So I'm going to ask and find out what it is you lacking, what it is you want. Right. And I'm going to give you the gift of God and tell you I can get it. Right. And you're going to come. So why, when you became, instead of the prey, the predator, why? Because it was done to me. Okay. Because it was done to me. Right. And I saw the money that he could make. So I said, you know what? I'm going to dib in it too. I'm going to get less time doing this than out here on the corner selling drugs and guns. Right. So I'm going to do that. Right. Absolutely. And there are women that came to you willingly. Mm-hmm. Are there women that you had met that brought people in for you mm-hmm. that knew that they're like, look how we living over here? Yeah. Dancers. I mean, like I said, I never kept anyone. That was the only side of it that I didn't tap you wasn't, into. You wasn't gorilla pimping? No. Right. You weren't beating I, nobody no, up and you, choking them out mm-mm. and stomping them out? None of that. As long as you have my money for my rent and whatever I ask you for, we cool. Right. Now, how, did, how does that work? Now, with you, how did it work? Is it a percentage you were taking? Yes. How much of a percentage were you taking? Um, Like 10 to 15. 10, 15 percent. Now, mm-hmm. with the other, when you were a victim, how much was he taking? All of it? All of it. Every dime? Every dime. And I'll provide you with? Clothing. Wh- sometimes food. What do you mean sometimes food? Sometimes food. Well, is that a tactic to keep you in line? Yeah. I got the bruises to show it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the tactic to keep you in line is is I'll feed you if I feel like it? Or I'll beat your ass when I feel like it. Or I'll beat your ass when I feel like it. Mm-hmm. How does... How, why didn't you, as a victim, and I'm just wondering, a lot of people probably listening to this wondering, why didn't you go to the police? I did. And what did they say? Um, if I don't take my little sexy ass home, he going to take me home too. The police said that to you? We was in Miami. You got to get my book. <laughs> okay. But Tell yeah. everybody the name of the book. Um, the name of the book is Tony Rivera Presents Silent Screams on the Front Lines. Okay. Um, we was in Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. and I went up to the cop and was like, I told him, like, I've been taken. I've been kidnapped. Can you can you help me? Um, he came up behind me, the gentleman, came up behind me and voiced his opinion to the cop. Well, said to the cop, um, oh, she just drunk. She just high. I got her. I'm going to take her home. And right. the cop said to me, yeah, you better take a little black sexy ass home before I take her home. Oh, wow. So that was absolutely discouraging for you. Oh. That was... That, that was, was I can't even go to the cops. That was it. Because he had already told me, you know, he had beat in my head that if I go, he knows so many that... They on the payroll, that, I got this yeah, shit covered. they wouldn't believe me. So with the cops saying that and treating me that way... Right. It just stuck with me not to even go back to another one. Wow. Wow. When did you finally break away from your captor? Um, and How? How I broke away through my ex-husband. Okay. Um, the stable they had me stand in because, like I tell people, pay attention to your neighborhood. Pay attention to your community because you may see that girl there at that house one day. You may see her there a couple months down the road. You may not see her again. Mm-hmm. Um, they always placed us with people who looked like us. If it was a white girl, she was placed with a um, 
meth head family. That's their cousin. Mm. Black girl, me. I was placed with the black family, drug, druggies. Right. Um. So the people that had me placed with, they was on drugs real bad. So all he would do was supply them drugs. Okay. Um. It just so happened that night, the guy who rescued me, he knew nothing about me. He just thought I was a family member they were visiting, and um. He asked me that I want to go to the movies because just so happened they left me at the house by myself. Okay. Nobody was at the house at all. For what reason? I don't know. By the grace of God, nobody was there. And where's your pimp at this point? Nobody was there. Okay. Mind you, they never left me at that house by myself. Um, so he came in and he was looking for his friend. Mind you, at that time, he wasn't my husband or anything. Mm-hmm. He was just somebody I knew that would come by, didn't know who I was. Right. Um. He was looking for his friend, the lady, the girl's brother that was there. And he wasn't there. So he was like, you want to go to the movies? And I'm like, what? He was like, you want to go to the movies? And I'm looking around like, you talking to me? Right. Nobody had ever taken you to the movies. Actually, <laughs> I don't know the day that did anything. did nothing. He, so we went to the movies that night. And um, he said, well, I'm going to take you back to the house because I'm leaving early. And I said, well, where are you going? And he was like, I'm going to Philadelphia. And I said, oh, you're just going to visit? He was like, no, I'm moving. I said, I'm coming too. Oh, wow. So I left. And you just got out of it like that? Just left. Never saw him again? Never saw him again. Ran into a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Have, have had a couple of run-ins with a few guys that knew him. Right. Um, They didn't know me because I, I had real long hair. Um, I was very skinny. So when they seen me, I knew them. Right. They're still in the game, but drug-wise. Uh-huh. Um, but... That's the thing about y'all women, boy. Y'all change y'all hair. Y'all, we don't That's see it. you in about a couple of months. <laughs> You're like a whole different person. Yeah. I was like, hey, you don't you don't remember me? I'd be like, sweetheart, you don't probably change your hair 15 yeah. times since the last time I see you. No, you, right, refresh my memory, please. And that was my that was my like signature, my mm-hmm. hair, because people always thought that I was Indian or something because I had real long, straight, and he would never let me cut my hair. Right. So when I got away, that was the first thing I did. Okay, kept my hair, which, which was smart. Did it? Did it escalate from you dancing because he met you dancing on top of a car so y'all can earn money to get back? Did it escalate for you from you dancing, or was it always you dancing, or did it? Did it escalate to you now? You have to sell your body. Nineteen ninety-seven, um, the Patriots in um, Green Bay. Was the first time I sold my body. Oh wow! That was the Super Bowl, and the bets came in. So whoever lost, that's how many men you had to sleep with. Mm. So that night I slept with twenty-one men. Wow! All paid customers. For him. Where Where is your mind when this is going on? What What are you thinking about? I should have listened to mom. The whole time. The whole time. You should have listened listen to mom. Just let me get through this. Yeah. I'll be fine. Let me get through this. But it didn't stop after that. And it was after that, it was constantly, you, wherever mm-hmm. we go, you got to sell your body. This mm-hmm. is this is what you're doing to earn your keep. This is what you're doing to keep me happy. Keep happy. Are you still thinking that this man loves you? No. No, after the first time? Mm-mm. After the first time, it was like, no. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. It's just, I got to figure a way to get the yeah. hell away from him. Mm-hmm. But the, but the, because I know a lot of women, 
the mind game is so strong. strong yeah. But like, because like you said, there's different kinds of pimps. There's mm-hmm. pimps that just corro- uh, control women with their mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the women, they don't even sleep with them. Like the women just wait for their pimp to say, you sleeping with me tonight. And they happy. Daddy chose me tonight over the rest of y'all bitches. Look at me. And that was me in the beginning. Really? Yeah. Because he had two wolves there. When I first came and I met them, it was like, I'm thinking they his were just His wolf friends. is equivalent to his bottom bitches? Yes. Okay. So it was like, I'm the newbie, you you sliding out the way. But little did I know, he told me he didn't have any kids, and both of them had kids for him. Oh, wow. So this is a family thing going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, my, what is I Is this man to... exceptionally good looking, or is he just... Yeah, Hispanic. Gift gab, okay. That New York swing, right? What? Who? I mean, back then, I constantly watched Yo MTV raps, right? That's all we saw on there, right? Them rapping, them the New York hat, the right. Tims. Cool dude, you. So you already, he just, he caught you in a vulnerable position, yeah. Extremely vulnerable Very. position, Very. and probably was his reason for going to Freak Nick in the first place. Mm-hmm. Is to catch something. Yeah, because that's all it took for the guys to come from New York. You came from New York. Oh, yeah. I was a freak Nick all the time. Okay, well, you came from up top, and you had that New York slang and the Tims in the hat. Right. Hey, it's open season. Right. You can just lay down on the ground. So let's talk a little bit, Tony, about um, <laughs> when you became the pimp. And how many girls, at the at the height of what you were doing, how many girls would you say you had in your stable? In and out, 138. Wow. That many? Yeah. How do you keep up with 138 different people? Because I was their friend first. Okay. And that's what I try to tell people. Everybody think that, you know, with me, yeah, he was a stranger, but he intertwined his way into my life to making me trust him. Mm-hmm. It's always it wasn't or, It trust. wasn't automatic. No. It wasn't a lot like what is going on in uh, Georgia today where it's just straight kidnapping mm-hmm. and... These girls are disappearing off the streets against their will. They're being drugged. They're being beaten. This Your situation was a lot different. I mean, that. what's going on in Georgia right now, because mm-hmm. I've done like two or three rescues here in Georgia, mm-hmm. and once I talk to the female, they wound up meeting these guys online. So oh, really? for the people, for me and you, like the military, the civilians, we're looking at it as they're being kidnapped, they've been taken. And no, it's always somebody that has... Gain your trust. Okay. It's never a time. I can say 10, 15%. It's a time where somebody just, if they want you bad, they're going to stalk you and get you. Right. But majority of the time, no. It's somebody that it's they met online. someone that you have met online. They're saying the right things saying, to you online. Yes. They're saying, let's hang out. You, you're not old enough to hang out. Yes. Don't worry, I'll come get you. Mm-hmm. And it's not an immediate thing. It's it's the building Build of up. a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's meeting, you snuck out, we had a good time, I took you, we drank, you ate, we yes. did this, and now I'm taking you back, back home. Yes. And now it's that constant contact with you mm-hmm. until, oh, can we do this? Oh, I can't stand my mom. Well, you can come stay, stay with, with me. me. Yeah, and that was my thing. That's how I got them, stripping at the clubs. Uh-huh. Oh, I got to go home, my mom on drugs, or me and my mom beefing, or me and my dad, something. Mm-hmm. Hey, come stay with me. I'll get you a blow-up mattress. Right. And they all just came. And they all, every time for you? Every time. 
you can come stay with me. Don't worry about it. We're going to take care of, take care of everything. But you can't, you know, this stuff here, this ain't free. Exactly. Right. And you, you got to help contribute. You got well, to. Well, what can I do? You're going to either put food in the house, help me pay this rent. Right. Something. But right. you ain't staying for free. Right. There's a couple I had to put out because oh. they thought they was going to be there for free. Okay. But majority of them, no. Wow. But in a world of pimping, you are pretty good. You are a nice pimp. Yeah, and I, it's crazy because I had one girl told me that she was like, I thought you was going to be one of the ones that would beat on me all the time. And I was like, I'm not in it for that. I'm in it for the money. Right. And sometimes they don't understand it. Mm. There's girls that have been in a life that they don't know nothing unless you beat on Unless you beat them. You have to you beat have that. To. I had a cutter. I had one girl because I was a cutter. Once what, I got what, out what's of the a life, cutter? I used to cut myself. Okay. So once I got out of life, it was like I needed that because he beat me so much. Mm-hmm. And I needed to feel that pain. Mm. So it was like she tried to so, she tried to actually kill herself a, probably like 10, 15 times. Jeez. Because she needed to, she needed to feel that pain. Wow. Wow. She's that, that messed up in the head. Yeah. How did you rehabilitate yourself? After being a victim and then becoming a predator, how did you get to where Tony is right now? Marrying my first husband. Really? Mm-hmm. But after all of that, don't you have a certain... Because I talk to a lot of dancers sometimes, and um, one of the questions all I always ask them is, how do you find love in all that chaos? Because y'all see a side of men. Yeah. That, I, that I, we don't see, and and being a, a you know a former call girl, you saw a side of men that mm-hmm. is not the greatest side of us that we want the world to see. How do you find solace and love with within that chaos? Don't take this the wrong way, and I hope none of the listeners do. But I don't date black men or Puerto Ricans. Oh, okay. So it's like because of what happened yeah. to you. Okay. Because when that's it was understandable. Like once I slept, when I was sleeping with the the black ones. They was more rougher. They they did things that you couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Puerto Ricans, they wanted to be, the Hispanics, they mm. wanted to be more controlling and physical. And the white ones were more like laid back, cool. So your first ex-husband was white? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, nobody could take anything like that. <laughs> You can't take that the wrong I way. Mean, and if you listen to this podcast, it's to each his own in this in this life. And you can't take that the wrong way because let me tell you something. If I'm walking down the street and I'm constantly abused by white people, I'm not going to fuck with white people. Yeah. Right? And if I'm on the other side of the street and I'm constantly abused by black people, I'm not going to fuck with black people. If I keep getting my heart broke by a black woman constantly over and over and over and over and disappointed, I'm going to go to where I feel comfortable. And if I go to the other side and that kind of thing doesn't happen, then I'm staying I'm over saying. there. And that's what happened. You know, when people see my kids, they like, oh, they're Hispanic. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. My The baby, he's Arabic and black, and he has like a touch of Hispanic in him. Okay. My oldest one, he's fully mixed, and my other kids, they're, they look just plain white when you see him. Right? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so him, my oldest son, he's like, when people look at him, they're like, no, that ain't his dad. I'm like, yes. Tell yeah. me, tell me about you transitioning from becoming a predator to where. Tell me more about to where Tony is right now. Um, 
on the sixth train four years ago, someone tried to take my daughter off the train. Mm. I have one daughter. Mm -hmm. I have four boys, one girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I got four girls, one boy. Oh. <laughs> I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> but she, um, we was on the train, and you know how the train is very packed. Yeah. And the guy was pulling her arm, but we thought the train was just moving her. Mm -hmm. And as we get off the train, she yells out, Mommy. So people, you know, people in New York, they mind their own business. Yeah, they sure they do. They don't do nothing. So they thought him and me was going through like a domestic dispute about my daughter because how light she is. Right. And I'm like, somebody help me, please. And one dude walked past me, black guy. You better call the police. Let that man get his daughter. And I'm like, this is not his daughter. This is my daughter. We don't know this man. Right. So my boys, it was just them three at the time. Um, They was like... He's not our dad. Help my mom. Help my mom. And the same guy who said it turned around and just put him in a headlock in the 49th district, the 49th precinct. Uh -huh. I give so much shout out to them. Mm. They got there just like that. Oh, wow. And within 72 hours, we found out this man was a person of interest in New Mexico, um, Utah, and Arizona. Wow. For kidnapping and sex trafficking. That's what he was doing. He was straight trying to kidnap yeah, you. How daughter, old was your daughter at the time? She was six. Six year old? Six. And when I got home, my current husband, who I'm married to now, he was just like, it was karma. He was like, karma was about to bite you in your ass. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yep. He wow. was like, all this shit you done and getting kids to come to taking these kids and doing whatever you're doing with these kids. Right. You was about to get bit in the ass. When you were pimping, what's the youngest you had yesterday? 16. 16. Mm -hmm. Oldest? Um, 22. 22. So you you kept it. You didn't get nobody. Oh, no. Um, no 25, 30s, no 35s. No, I've I've been with that type um, when I was in the game. Uh-huh. But as far as, like, pimping them out and doing whatever, trafficking them, no. Did you consider yourself a pimp? No. What did you consider yourself? A madam? What did you consider yourself? Just helping somebody out. But they have to make sure that they pay you. That's it. So you didn't really consider what you were doing was, was predatory was mm -mm. behavior at all. Mm -mm. Only time I considered it, it being wrong was when it was time for us to, to go traffic the guns and drugs. Okay. That was it. Okay. Now, you ain't tell me about all that, Tony. Oh. Oh, you I didn't tell me that part. You told me you was a madam, but you were drug dealing and No, no, I would just get it to the destination. <laughs> oh, you're a drug mule. <laughs> yeah. You're a mule. And guns. Yeah. Okay. So everything else that you just considered, okay, this is the family and the family, these women are helping pay these yeah. bills and keep some money in your pocket, right? That's it. But you didn't take all their money. No. So on to to earn the extra money that we needed, we were gonna you know, we know somebody that needs this package taken mm -hmm. here, taken there, taken over there, or these guns moved here, there, all over yeah. the place. You know, and yeah. it's it's always easier for women, yeah, to do it to because do that. they're less conspicuous, yeah, than men are. They're less likely to be stopped be by caught, the yeah. yeah, less likely to be stopped by the police mm -hmm. than 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 men are. So, um, at the time when you got out after that incident happened on the sex train in New York with your with your six year old daughter, is that what really sparked you to turn it around and say, listen, I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to let everybody know what's really going on out here? Yeah. Um, due to the fact that one of the cops that came, he worked at the hospital that I also worked at. Mm -hmm. 
And with him finding out what was going on with my daughter, I was like, you know what, I got to go ahead and just tell him. So when I got to work, I had to just let people know, like, I'm not this cookie-cutter homemaker wife that everybody think I am. I had a past. I, I right. had a life. And it made me want to help so much more because seeing the stuff that goes on on the trains and, you know, with the kids in school in New York and just going down to Hunts Point and, like, two weeks after that with my daughter, I went to Hunts Point and I made a rescue. Mm-hmm. And usually my rescues I put on my Instagram page. And it was just, like, it was hurt. It was hurting me so bad to see that it was still going on. Mm-hmm. But just from... You made a rescue of a of a child how old? Um, she was fifteen. At Hunts Point, working yes. as a prostitute. Mm-hmm. What a pet. no! We can't say prostitute, and I tell people, sex trafficking and and prostitution is two totally different things. Okay. Two totally different things. A prostitute, she could be on her period. She could tell her pimp, "I'm down for the night." Sex trafficking is no telling them you're down for the night. Right. Um. You're just going to do whatever you... you you're going to do what I say to Right. Okay. Whenever I say to do yeah. Because you're a slave. Yes. Basically, it's slavery. Yes. It's being forced into slavery. hmm Wow. This, this is really blowing my mind. I mean, it's still going on. Um, I tell people, try to get everyone to pay attention. Like I say, pay attention to your surroundings. These trucks that you're seeing going up and down the road, these trucks have baths and baths in them. Most of them are not trucks where they're doing distribution or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, pay attention to when the kids getting You're on. You're talking like us. eighteen wheelers yes. going down the road. Yes, yes, yes. I could put you to a pimp right now. Well, he used to be, and if you could talk to me and him together, uh-huh. we could tell you some shit we saw. Wow, some stuff that we've actually been through. Uh huh. And what made him get out is because now he have 10 daughters. He has no 10 son. daughters. 10 daughters. And no sons. No sons. And he don't want that, the, what he was doing yes. to turn around. Is his daughters products of what he was doing? Four. Okay. Okay. And he don't want that to happen Mm-mm. to his daughters. At all. Wow. So he, we, we talk, and I talk to the younger ones to, like, you know, put them on the game or whatever, but... We could tell you some. I mean, it would just be mind blowing. Wow! So there's a lot of these eighteen wheelers going up and down from New York and on ninety five and eighty five and two eighty five that are Mm -hmm. actually transporting human beings. Yes, against their will. Against their will. Wow! What can a parent do to to help (laughs) curb Um, this kind of stuff? Because what you're telling me is the majority. Tony, of this stuff is not just being snatched off the street. No. It's not taken as no. we as we watch Liam Neeson, I'm going to kill you. It's not that. It's not a young woman just mm-hmm. being walking out the street and she disappearing, even though we do have a lot of young yeah, women we have disappearing. To. But you're saying the majority of this stuff is happening with people that they're meeting online. Yes. On Instagram. On Instagram. On any social media. Any kind of social media mm-hmm. platforms. Like, they have some of these social media platforms I've never even heard of before. Yeah, Kick. Be very kick. be very careful when it comes to Kick. Um, okay. I spoke about this. Now, one. exactly what is Kick? Because I don't have it. Is it K-I-K? Yes. Okay, I don't have it. Don't uh, how old are your kids? I have an 18-year-old daughter. It's my youngest. She got it. 
Okay. Trust me. She she probably got it. All right. Um, I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna check into that. Yeah, it, it's they do like a lot of catfishing on there. Um, I do it with my kids probably once every month. Uh huh. Just go on play as somebody, see where they take the bait. Um, kick is a way that all you gotta do is give me your name, mm-hmm. and I could Google it, and I could pay for your address. I've been trying to get the government to like just take kick off social media. I've been like protesting. I've been doing so much in these streets to just take kick off. Mm. Once I seen, I did with my son, one of my sons who he stayed, they stayed with their father. Um, I put his name in. It gave me up some kind of information for him. And then it asked for my credit card. So I went and bought a prepaid credit card and I put it in and it gave me my ex-husband's address. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's dangerous yes. as hell. Yeah. And that can happen with anybody. Yeah. As long as you give up your real name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, we saw the effects of the internet and social media and just probably just really some of these chat rooms when uh, Chris Hansen had to catch a predator on ABC and he was catching these grown men trying to hook up with little yeah, girls nice. and little boys and he called one guy like three different times and the dude was got naked in the garage and walked into the house and they caught him and then the police come out and get him after after a while but you're telling me that this stuff is happening on social media more so now than just the mm-hmm. regular internet chat rooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and as far as here in Atlanta, the signs that everyone put out in their yard where you work from home, you make $5,000, those little signs like that, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. Um, if you get someone to come in, they fill out an application, you bring them in, you tell them you meet them somewhere, and... Um, they come back for a second interview. More than likely, your second interview, you're going to have a pill or something in your water. Mm. Um, I spoke to um, a couple guys down here from the Atlanta task force because I wanted to work with them mm-hmm. um, in reference to, like, this warehouse that I'm, I won't say the name. But I won't investigate it because one of the young ladies who I rescued, she said that that's how she got in. She filled out an application online for something that she found on Craigslist. And um, they told her to meet them at an IHOP. It was a lady that came. She gave her the application. She, Who meets at IHOP exactly. to fill out the application? And, and this is what these young girls are doing. Okay. Um, they, she met her at IHOP. She told her, well, we'll call you for a second interview. She went to the second interview at a warehouse, and she was missing for like three or four months. Wow. And, you know, everybody asked, well, how do you find your girls? I find my girls through the regular prostitutes because with you being a man, knowing, they don't want these newbies to come in on their property taking their money. Absolutely. So that's how I get my girls. That's how I find, like, where these girls is at because they'll call me, yo, Tony, come get this newbie. This bitch about to take my money. You know, Christmas time coming around. Right. So I ask them, you know, ask do she want to go home? Where does she stay? Find out information. And I usually, this money is coming from me in my husband's pocket. Mm. And I will pay her and just to get her to a train, no bus, train. and Why not the bus? Because that's, that's, that's the key place nowadays. Catch them again. Catch them again. Catch them again. Right. And usually it's not a man that's doing it. It's the women. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, people got this. 
this thing where they think that, oh, it's the men. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's hmm. the women. Um, the big bus that they had down here in Atlanta, um, the guy, I forgot what area he stayed in, mm-hmm. but the prosecutor was in on it or something. Mm-hmm. Everybody that was in that house was recruited by a girl. Everybody. Everybody by the name of Lene. Wow. Her name is Lene. And she recruited all the Most women. of the girls that's in there. He just sat back in that big house and collected the money. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It was up in the Johns Creek yes. area. Yeah. He just sat there. The men not with all them white girls. He had all them white girls. He had all them gifts and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and the only reason why he got caught because he was a black man with all them white girls up in Johns Creek. I used to live in Johns Creek. I know that. I know exactly what house they're talking about too. All them nice cars and stuff in the front of the house and everything. But he didn't do the recruiting. Mm. He did nothing. It it really wasn't even his his stable at all. They didn't work for him. He was just a sneaker pimp. And explain what a sneaker pimp is. A sneaker pimp is, like I said, um, the the corner hustler. The guy who stands on the corner all night with, with drugs. Okay. That's the same, that's equivalent to the sneaker pimp in sex trafficking. Is he the one that goes out and finds the younger girls that mm-hmm. are happy with a new pair of Jordans and a that's new it. outfit? And he recruits them, yeah. those type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm starting to understand it a little a little better. What if one of your friends, prostitute friends, call you and there's a newbie there that doesn't want to be saved, that's happy in this life? You usually call um, Department of Human Services. Okay. In, in New York um, is ACS. Mm-hmm. Let them know it's young female out there, not of age, and they will either tell me where to bring her to or be at a certain spot, and they will just come pick her up. Okay. And do a 5210 on her. What is a 5210? Um, keep her there for the max of 24 hours until they reach out to her parents. And mm-hmm. if her parents don't show up, they put her in a juvenile facility. Now, isn't a juvenile a facility a foster care, not not foster care, group homes and all that yes. a, a hotbed yeah, it, for it, recruiting? Yeah, it is. But um, New York is trying to get this law passed. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Kim Walker because she's up in Albany. She, her and Erica, they helped me like with so many cases mm-hmm. um, they're starting to take the girls outside of the state and place them somewhere else oh okay so once they they get <laughs> recruited so to speak from a certain foster home what they were doing at the time or group home was putting them right back in the same group home mm-hmm. and then the pimp come right back and get them yeah. right out so you're saying what they're trying to do now is once they, they rescue a girl they don't put them back they put them in a different yeah, state different state Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But there's only so much that you can do. Yeah, it is. It it really is. If that person doesn't want to leave. leave. Because she's going to find her way back. She's going to find her way back. Mm -hmm. Has that happened to you before? Did you rescue the young lady and then you saw him right back out there? Yeah, it just happened like three, four months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. How does that make you feel? You feel like you're fighting upstream? You feel like you're swimming upstream sometimes? No, because I say... It's just going to have to hit her with the shock and awe, mm-hmm. like my grandma used to tell me. <laughs> if you want to learn from the school of hard knocks, you'll stop. Yeah, my daddy yeah. used to always say, don't step in, uh, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't believe shit stink till you step in. Exactly. So, There's a lot of people out there, too. Oh, yeah. oh, no, 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 I'm good. Not me. And then, yeah, it's all on your shoe. So now I you say, smell once, it. once it hit her, hopefully it won't be too late. Uh-huh. I pray that it's not. 
but when it hits her, she'll it'll hit her good. It's gonna like just take her back, mm-hmm. and hopefully she can just move forward and seek help. Mm. Is there something more that that parents can do? Is it you told told me about kicks? Make sure they ain't got it. Make sure they stay off of it. Monitor more of what they're looking yeah. at. Yeah. Online, My, very much so. Um, Even if they hate you for it, I I I don't agree with the parents can't be friends with their kids because in order to find out things, you have to get some kind of friendship with your child. Right. Um, you don't have to be the best of friends. Oh no, no, you don't want to be the best of friends. You got to know that I'll bust yeah, your ass. You got yeah. to know that. Talk more. Get to know friends. Get to know friends' parents. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Go out, take them out, dude. You know, just be there a little more than mom or dad. Mm-hmm. You know, just try to try to take on that. Well, some, for some role. parents, you know, as a parent, you already know in this day and age in, in in the economy. And I'm just playing the devil's advocate, and I hear a lot of parents say that it's tough because you're working. Yeah, and you're a single parent, and you're working, and you're trying to keep food on the table, and your child pretty much has to has a run of yeah. of things that they can do because you at work, you're not, you know. Yeah. And that was me. That uh-huh. was me. But at the end of the day, even though my mom was working like crazy overtime and leaving me home to take care of my brothers, all I needed to do was just listen to her say, I love you. I need you to do this, that, and the third. Uh-huh. And what she instilled in me as, you know, coming up, I turned that around to she didn't care because she wasn't there. Mm. You didn't understand it. I didn't understand You're it. young and you had an underdeveloped mind. Exactly. And we always think we know everything exactly. at 16, 17, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Yeah, and we don't know shit. Don't know shit. Until you make a fatal mistake. mistake. That could cost you for the rest of your life. Yeah. But thank God that, that you got your ass up out of that. Oh, most definitely. And thank you for, for being on the forefront of taking care of, of our of our youth. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, tell tell everybody how what they can do, man. Tell them how they can reach out if they can donate, get the book, or whatever. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Tony D Rivera, um, Facebook Tony Rivera. Um, again, the book is called Tony Rivera Presents: Silent Screams on the Front Lines. Um, I want everybody to go to the movies to watch Traffic. Okay. Um, April twenty seventh. Um, it's coming out in theaters everywhere. We just did like a big campaign for the movie mm-hmm. um, with sex and human trafficking. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Deion Taylor. Um, no, I don't think I know. Okay, well, is. Hidden Films Group, um, Cold Black. Okay, with, yeah, no Cold Black Entertainment. Okay, with Lion Gate, they just the movie is called Traffic. Okay, um, with Paula Patton and Omar Epps. Okay, um, and to all the parents, like if you got anything that you want to discuss with me about, or you know, just talk to, and I will talk to your kids. Um, I just came down here and did this event with um, Janice. Uh, I forgot her last name, but she's on Married to the Medicine. Okay. Um, and so many parents have, like, reached out to me, like, can you talk to my kid? Can you talk to my kid? This one lady, she, I reached out to her after she called me that night, and her daughter got rid of all her friends. Because I asked her, and if you want me to be raw with your kid, I'm willing to be raw. But I also can be... The Debbie Downer and just... Right, subtle. Subtle. I think raw works. But, Talk the other shit. Yeah, because she called me and she was like, what did you say to my daughter? 
She was like, my daughter want a new phone number. Her friend came by the house and she told her she can't be friends with her no more. And I was like, I just was cut raw with her. I had to let her know. Like, you doing shit that back in the day, I would grip your little ass up and have you out on the corner making me bukus of money. Right. You're light-skinned. Do you know how much you'll go for these days? A light-skinned little girl will go for at least ten to 15000 quick. Wow. Wow. So either you can get your act right, get your act right on, or you'll just be another statistic. And right. your mom might be calling me to come find your ass. Wow. If you ain't somewhere stinking. But her mom was like, thank you. Her dad even called. He wrote me out a check. <laughs> and, was like, and was like, what did you say? I was like, never mind what I said, as long as she received it as, get your shit together. Right. You're not as grown as you think you are. At all. And you're about to make a fatal, fucked up mistake. mistake. yeah. A bad mistake. Yeah. Because it's out here and it's, and it's prevalent and it's, and it's happening every hour, every minute of every day. Yeah, now she's talking about going to college and I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get there myself. I'm trying to get into these colleges to speak because that's where the kids is lacking it at. They uh-huh. leaving home. They thinking, oh, I'm not under mom's roof and I can do whatever. The RA is going to be my friend. Nah, I was at them colleges recruiting your little asses. Wow. I was slipping stuff in your drink to take you out and 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 have sex with you myself. Right. So you ain't you ain't doing nothing that I can't catch you off guard and have you hemmed up somewhere. Right. So you thinking that you're leaving home and everything's gonna be cool, you can go to these parties, you can do it's not it's 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 not worth it. Wow. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. I appreciate it 100%. I really appreciate you driving up from South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Love you for that, man. Love you for that. Thank you so much, man. Don't forget to follow Tony on all social media, man, and pick up the book. It is so important for our children, boys as well as girls. Oh, yeah. We didn't get into the boys part. Oh, I used to get them real quick. See? All I had, because I got that Southern charm. Right. All I had to do was say I was going to be your girlfriend and give you a shot of ass. Next thing you know, you waking up and you getting fucked by a dude. Wow. What? Hey, be careful out there, <laughs> folks. Y'all remember to keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk to you, at you, with you, and about your ass next time. Be good if you can't be good. Be careful. If you can't be careful, then praise, man. Get on your knees and thank God right. every single waking moment, man. Till the next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together. Ed Lover, Baby Bucket, Krista, and Kimon and our special guest, Tony Rivera saying God bless each and every one of y'all. Thank y'all for tuning us in and not tuning us out. Remember on this podcast, I always give you the good shit and not the bullshit. All right? It's come on, son, the podcast. Come on, son. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.